Oh, and I, we didn't talk about the hate scene. They thought they were going to die, and both of them were unwilling to try and escape without the other. And then they get back, and they hate and then Sebastian comes to like rescue them because he can sense her and then they ha- like are portaled to safety and stuff. But yeah, I, I kind of liked that scene. They just had to get all their frustrations out on each other. And then of course Sebastian's like, I can smell him on you. And I'm yeah. like, you and your face senses. Preetha's brother though. Oh, what was his name? Oh, I wrote it down. Let me see. Dang it. I loved him. He was fun. I loved him. I was like, oh, God, are we going to bring another one in? Fanfic for this, Lexi. Like, if you want to do, like, a an, a one-off, yeah. we need a Why Choose with Sebastian, Finn, and then Preetha's brother. A Why Choose would be great. Thank you. I'm Courtney. And I'm Meg. And we're the hosts of the Spread Those Pages podcast. A romance lovers podcast where we like our books how we like our coffee. Hot. So sit back, grab your vibrator, and spread those pages. Hey all you badass book bitches, it's me, Courtney, with my friend Meg Latour, and we are here at Spread Those Pages podcast, and today we're talking about These Twisted Bonds by Lexi Ryan. Welcome to the show, guys. That was so official, Courtney. I love that. Way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so we are going to be talking about, as Courtney said, these Twisted Bonds. Hello, everyone. I am Meg Latour. Um, If you guys are tuning in here on YouTube, it's very hot where I am. So if I start, you know, perspiring in the middle of this episode, I turned off my AC for you guys for this audio. So it's, it's because I love you. So let's talk about these Twisted Bonds. This is book two, and I guess it's called These Hollow Vows series. We read the previous book, These Hollow Vows. And this is by Lexi Ryan. We both love the first one. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the previous episode. If you haven't, definitely go check it out. But we both love it. We gave it our equivalent of like the best rating. Courtney gave it five stars. I gave it, you know, obsessed in my version (laughs) of rating. So uh, yeah, we went into this. I would say at least I did with high expectations. Would you say you went into this with pretty high expectations? I did. The way that the first book ended, I was just ready to just hop into the second one. And my expectations were pretty high. They were. Also, book one ended on a cliffhanger. So I feel like book two, there were a lot of things that needed to be resolved, which... I do think we're, for the most part we're resolved, which we're going to get into, but perhaps to start this off, shall I read the book description? We'll yes. talk about our non-spoilery thoughts, spoilery thoughts book rating. Yes. Excellent. In this thrilling conclusion to These Hollow Vows, the sexy action-packed fantasy that started it all, Brie finds herself caught between two princes and two destinies while the future for the Fae realm hangs in the balance. After Abriella's sister was sold to the Fae, she thought life couldn't get any worse, but when she suddenly finds herself caught in a web of lies of her own making, loving two princes and trusting neither, things are not quite as clear as she once thought. As civil war wages in the unseelie court, Brie finds herself unable to choose a side how can she know where she stands when she doesn't even know herself anymore in this darkly romantic thrill ride the more fairy is torn apart from the inside the clearer it becomes that the prophecies don't lie and brie has a role to play in the fate of this magical realm whether she likes it or not that summary like was really great yeah i hadn't read it until now so that was (laughs) now i'm like oh very interesting based on what i know from having read the book (laughs) Yeah, it really wrapped it up. So 
non-spoilery thoughts. I feel like it's very clear in this plot summary, so this won't be too much of a surprise. There is a love triangle that persists into the next book, although Brie picked Sebastian at the end of book one, uh, the love triangle persists um, after, you know, he essentially killed her to take the crown again from book one. So I would say the love triangle was fun, but also not as fun as book one. I really enjoyed the love triangle in book one. In book two, it was just very sad. And maybe I don't like to read sad things, but I felt (laughs) like, you know, you have this history of both sides trying to use her and trick her. And so that was kind of, it kind of tinged things. So rather the excitement of falling in love with two people, it was like the struggle of not trusting either side the whole time. So I think that for me was both fun and sad uh because i was like oh man ultimately in the end i think the ending was very satisfying in how it turned out i had issues with the agency of the protagonist and the lack of decisions that i think that she made versus the plot made for her and other people made for her but i think overall it was a fun book um but i i loved book one this one was enjoyable all right tag you're it corny yeah, it's the it's the chosen one trope. And so sometimes with the chosen one trope, you you kind of get that like your path is already kind of chosen for you. You just kind of got to do the damn thing. Um, yeah. But I, I, I would say that it was enjoyable. I didn't have issues with the love triangle because I was team Finn from book one. <laughs> so I'm like, thank goodness she is done with Sebastian. Fuck him. Like <laughs> I am ready for you to be done with him. Preetha's brother though. Oh, what was his name? Oh, I wrote it down. Let me see. Dang it. I loved him. He was fine. I loved him. I was like, oh God, are we going to bring another one in? fanfic for this Lexi like if you want to do like a an, a yeah. one-off we need a why choose with Sebastian Finn and then Preetha's brother a why choose would be great thank you Nisha 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 I think it was an M it could be Nisha is it Misha okay well I loved him I loved the digs that he would make I would love th- I love the fact that they could communicate without speaking yeah and he was just in her head like I freaking loved it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I think for context for our listeners or our viewers if you're on YouTube podcasts is um, we listen to this as an audiobook so if we're just like messing up the names or things like that it's because we're listening to it so we don't see it in writing yeah and I'm just referring to my notes based on what I thought I was hearing (laughs) but yeah it was enjoyable I I did like it another non-spoilery thought is at the end I almost cried Oh, I mean, that's big for you. It (laughs) was close. I felt it watering up and I was like, am I about to cry? And then it went away. (laughs) (laughs) And then I felt better. (laughs) But yeah, I liked it. I thought the pacing was good. I liked the twist and turns because I didn't really have the plot completely figured out. And I love that when that happens, because typically I'm always like, oh, well, you know, that line was weird there or whatever. And I'm like, there's foreshadowing. This is going to happen. Um, but I didn't quite have it all figured out. And so I, I liked that surprise. 
I have thoughts in the ending and I'll wait until the end. But I did enjoy Misha's character. I liked the stakes. I think the author did a great job with the stakes for why they had to do what they did. And I think they they did answer the big question of who was Finn's lover. Isabel, I think is her name. Yeah. So they di- did finally answer that for us, which I really did appreciate getting that answer because that made a lot more sense to me. I didn't know. I couldn't predict her character I was like, mm, did he just need more power and sacrifice her? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is selfish AF if he was like so in love with her. But I was glad that it was it was cleared up what happened. All right. Do we want to go into spoilery thoughts? I think we should. Okay. Our listeners, if you haven't read this book and you want to read the book prior to hearing very specific things about, uh, you know, the book itself, then uh, tune out and then come back to this spot and we'll see you soon. Okay. For those who like spoilers or have already read the book, let's talk about what happened. Essentially, the book started out, and I'm looking at my notes, where Brie escapes the palace. She encounters an orc or some magical creature at Mm -hmm. an inn, follows him to a camp where they're, like, um, capturing unsealy children and injecting them with stuff to, like, keep their magic at bay. Oh, at the end of book two, everyone's magic came back. Yeah. Um, Sealy, unsealy. They all have their magic back. Um, And so then these kids are being injected with the serum that makes them lose their magic and then um brie goes there and is like i'm gonna rescue the children i don't know what i'm doing i've lost everyone i can't trust sebastian woe is me i now i'm i'm faye so i can't go back to the human realm and see my sister but i can help these children off i go and then she meets a mysterious fae person who helps her rescue the kids along with other fae people but then she gets kidnapped by these orcs um (laughs) and some shit goes down and then eventually she gets freed and she escapes with the children to another fake kingdom, which was Misha. Um, yeah. So how's that? Did I miss anything so far with kind of where the book started off? Did the children fall into a deep sleep at that point? Mm-mm. No. Okay. No, then I think you covered it. That was a great, that was a great wrap up. Good job. I, thank you. I took more notes this time because I felt like uh, <laughs> our last recording, I was like, I, I, I was a little scared. I don't take more notes. But it was when she's in Misha's kingdom, Finn gets there and the, the, they all get there and they have a little talky talky. And then, the kids are starting to fall asleep at that point. And then they realize, I think it's the, uns- there's not a balance between the Sealy and Unsealy courts. There's no one on the Unsealy throne because like the crown and the magic and all that is separated. So the consequences, the kids start falling asleep. Yeah. And I think that means they're eventually going to, I don't know if they eventually like are going to die or whatever. I'm like, how did you feed them? Was there like an IV? Like how, how are we <laughs> sustaining life here? Um, making sure they're hydrated. Then at that point, the crew is like, we have to find a way to save the kids, save the kingdom sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this deep sleep they just fall asleep and they just sleep forever until the kingdoms are brought back together until there's balance of power between the Sealy and Unsealy. And I think I put two and two together in this book. I think I knew it the last book, but I was just so excitedly reading it that perhaps it didn't stick in my brain. So Finn and Sebastian are half brothers. I think they have different mothers, but the same father. And it's in the summary. So I mean, duh. But just for our readers, (laughs) if it didn't click in your brain either, they're half brothers. And then we learn so Brie has the bond with Sebastian because she bonded with him, which killed her. He got the crown. She still has the magic. And we learn that Brie and Finn, the other half-brother, are tethered. And I guess essentially she can take his magic. Which I guess that's that, that's it for being tethered. Like she can just take Finn's magic when she's used up her own. Was there, there, there wasn't anything else besides that, right? 
No, I think that's also why when she would get hurt or whatever, when she was closer to him, her magic would seem to like heal her faster Mm -hmm. um, because they were closer. But from the tethering, it's not like the bond where like you can feel the emotions. Tethering is just basically the one way magic. Yeah. There's a part also where Finn gets really sick and like he's not Mm -hmm. healing as fast and stuff. And it's because when Bree overuses her magic because she doesn't know how to use it, she was taken from him every single time. Basically, like, using her magic up very inefficiently and yeah. then, therefore, sucking up his magic and making him unwell. And magic is life. So if you didn't yeah. get that, magic is life. So she was literally draining his life force. <laughs> I would say I enjoyed, like, seeing everyone kind of, like, reconnect and whatever. But I had an issue – and I don't know if you did too, and I'm curious – she kept calling Finn's crew her friends, and maybe I just didn't perceive it in book one, but I was like, I didn't feel like the friendship had truly grown between her and the whole, fr- like, Finn and, like, the friend group. I felt like she and Finn had started to bond, but I didn't see enough time outside of Preetha with her bonding with the others. Did you feel that way, or is that just me? It was kind of, like, touched in the end of the first book where it was like, you weren't our friend But now you are because you saved that dude that was in the dungeon. And so there was a shift and like they said it several times, but I don't even really remember the other side characters other than Preetha and Finn. The other people like their names totally just left my mind. So it's like I could see where her and Preetha were friends or like building that relationship. But I don't see where the whole gang was her friends. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I wanted them all to be, like, buddy-buddy and for me to sense that. But I also know that as a reader, my experiences color my perception Mm -hmm. of others. And I think I'm very slow to to trust others in general and to kind of befriend them. And so I was like, hold up. I didn't think she went through the process that apparently my brain is like, this This is the process, which is ridiculous. But, yeah, that I just – I wanted them to actually be bros and buddy-buddy. And so perhaps my critique of this is I wanted to see more of a friendship forming between her and the crew. I just felt like most of the book, and perhaps this is my biggest critique, wanted a little <laughs> bit less fawning over each other and a little bit more, I don't know, adventure. I loved the the adventure plot in the first book. And I enjoyed the world that they were in. I didn't have an issue with it. I really liked the romance because I wanted more of that in book one because mm. I was so team Finn that I was like, please, just please be together. That's all I want <laughs> from you. So for me in book two, I was like, yay, like we finally get to see them actually trying to be together because they didn't even try it all in book one. Mm-mm. You know, it was just like touchy, flirty, oh, I like you. I'm going to visit you in my dreams. I enjoyed the romance aspect of it. I do agree, though, with your friendship assessment because she already didn't trust so many people. And I felt like she was quick to be like, oh, we're friends. But you don't trust anyone. But then you're like really into these people as you're being your besties or something. I don't know. Like it did feel a little off. I wanted them to all be friends, but it just felt like too quick or like kind of contradicting what she said. And some of that, it's kind of like your unreliable narrator where she's like, yeah, I can't trust anyone. And off she goes like trusting people. But I wanted to see more of the crew bonding, like her specifically bonding with the crew, which I I didn't personally feel happened to the way that I wanted to see it. And that's not necessarily to say that didn't happen other people could read it and being like but this was fine i wanted her and finn to be together so bad 
that <laughs> when they finally were, I was like, thank God. I was like, man, I hope somebody kills Sebastian. Like, I hope his mother kills him. I want him gone. He needs to just go away. <laughs> oh, I still felt sympathetic to Bash, uh, Sebastian, like the whole book. Um, it was really annoying when he was like trying to prevent her from being with Finn. Yeah. Because he could sense that. And I, to some extent, like if he loves her and he wants to be with her, I can understand that. But I still had a sympathy for like Sebastian. If you think about it, Brie, the entire book one was lying to him and trying to use him to rescue her sister. And Sebastian was trying to use Brie to rescue his kingdom. And so I was like, they're kind of doing the same thing. Granted, yeah. the consequence was more severe because Brie lost her life. He brought her back as a fae, which she didn't want. But she would have gotten anyway. Yeah, which would have happened anyway <laughs> because of the magic. Exactly. So I just, I felt more sympathetic to Sebastian. And I was kind of cool either way. I just was like, whoever you pick, you got to fix your shit with. Like, yeah. y'all got to talk it out. I was kind of cool. I wanted to see her with Finn. And I did really enjoy their dynamic a lot. But I was like, I would also be okay with Sebastian. Because it felt like they used each other, both of them, in book one. It's just yeah. the consequences. And they were still lying at the end. You know, like Brie came clean, but Sebastian didn't. And so that was the icky part for me. Yeah, like when we found out that he still kept all those girls at the castle. Yeah, I didn't like that either. I was like, why? very much. <laughs> I was like, what the, why? I, I don't like you i hope your mom kills you <laughs> wait didn't he didn't he wait, did he end up killing them am i am i like forgetting this did he kill them and use them to like sustain his magic what happened to the girls i think or did he let them go home did he bond with them Shoo. okay if he did i like him a lot less as of right now i feel like i feel like i could be wrong but i feel like it was misha and he i think it was misha or it could have been Sebastian. It was one of the dudes. And they were like, oh, so you're just not going to tell her the whole truth about how you bonded with all those girls back at the castle? And then she was like super jealous about it. And she's like, why am I jealous right now that he did this? Okay. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Not okay. Not okay. <laughs> or maybe he didn't bond with them or he like kept them. I thought that he bonded with them, but I could be wrong about that. I was like, that's fucked up. Yeah. That I is don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, maybe I wanted to like him and I had some uh, selective forgetfulness right there. I mean, I did forgive him at the end, so. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, okay, you're okay now. You're you're on my good <laughs> side. You're okay. So maybe let's, if I can struggle through this and obviously like both of us, it, just generally what happened. So she stays with Misha, then Finn and crew are like, okay, we got to rescue the kids. Her and Finn and a couple of the friends, the friend group, go off to a mountain or something was it to see the priestess yes it was to see the priestess to get an answer about going to the underworld to talk with mab mm -hmm. and i felt like it, there was a lot of and maybe this was my critique of the not quite the same plot and adventureness as book one there was a lot of gaps where it was like well we have a few days before we see the priestess let's go like hang out for a little bit and go for like a you know nakey swim and yeah 
I feel like there were pauses in the plot where the romance happened versus the romance happening within the plot. But then they met with the priestess. I'm going to stop with my critiques. I'm summarizing here. They met with the priestess. <laughs> um, and then she's like, I won't help you. And then I guess former priestesses, they ha she has to serve the royal line. Or like it's their required based on their position. And so she died and then was possessed by former priestesses who gave them the answer for how to get to the underworld. And then from there, they travel to the underworld and there's like a, a bit of a quest and then they do fuck before going to the underworld and then Thank in the God. underworld yeah they meet mab and then mab tells them about her being from mab's line and was hidden as a human and that once the chosen one was selected she would magically at her 18th birthday i think yeah become fey like yeah so that was the whole what we were hinting to for our listeners before that she was going to become fey soon anyway even if you know sebastian didn't turn her into fey mm -hmm. and that mab gave them two ways to rescue the kingdom and get the like help wake the kids up it one was killing sebastian and killing his mother and the other was bonding her life force to Sebastian. So both of them had the, the crown and both of them would essentially die. You know, if one dies, the other dies. And they yeah. had to go to some magical river. I think it was in the underworld or maybe some other place. And they're like, well, we can't kill Sebastian or the mom. So we have to bond. Mm -hmm. And then Sebastian got was like, well, can you still be with me? And she's like, no, but let's bond. And Finn was like, I can't <laughs> be with you if you're with him. So Brie finds out that she has this uh, shadow self that yeah. uh, really powerful and evil and like it's like the the worst parts of her. There's this scene where her shadow self basically goes to hump. <laughs> as she's sleeping or whatever and so anyway mav her ancestor tells her you know you need to use your shadow self essentially and Bree's like no that's the worst parts of me i can't do it and we learned at that point that when Bree escaped from the orcs at the very beginning of the book and they were like all slaughtered while she was sleeping was actually her shadow self taking care of them which yeah. apparently she can access even while injected with the serum that like prevents you from using your magic also like the hair cutting thing where she like falls asleep <laughs> her shadow self comes out cuts the hair of the princess's daughter who mm. i don't know if she, if she was promised to like marry finn or something like yeah. that in the past was jealous of her long hair because brie cut her hair off in the previous book for you know plot reasons and then she starts like dry humping finn which i thought was was Interesting. I didn't like the hair bit, but whatever. We're all vain in our own way. Um, <laughs> but they do this uh, ritual, too. Her and uh, Finn, they do this ritual, and everyone believes he's going to be king, right? Mm -hmm. So they do this ritual with the people to celebrate some celebration. It's it's not like summer solstice, or it's something like that. It's not that, but it's something equivalent. Mm -hmm. And he like washes her feet in front of everyone and then they like go into this tent and bury the flowers before they walk in and it's like an intimate moment and then they essentially go to the underworld the next day. Oh, and they pretend to be engaged. Yeah, they pretend to be engaged. You know, like the one bed trope? Instead mm -hmm. of like ha him going into that tent and like staying there with her, I felt like he ran away that whole time. And I was like, no, no, yeah. I wanted to see more pining. Get back in here, Finn, you coward. Sebastian could feel every time that Brie was with Finn. And so it was like awkward for him. So he was like, eh, I don't want him to feel me and you together and be like that third will of emotions. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, but it seemed to cause her physical pain when they were swimming naked in the the little pond thing and went behind the waterfall and they were about to like kiss or whatever. She was like, ah, ow, <laughs> ouch. I, the way I personally interpreted it. So like um, in the mental health space, they talk about like emotional enmeshment where you like take on the emotions of others that you're exposed to. This is obviously the extreme and magical version of it. But I almost wondered if her reaction was like she couldn't separate her emotions from his just yet because the bond was so new. And that yeah. was why she had like that very visceral, physical like kind of retreat, retreat during the Nike swim scene was what I will call it. Yeah. So that's how I interpret it. But maybe it did cause her physical pain. I mean, magic and reasons, anything's possible. Yeah, I think you're right, too, where, you know, she had an extreme emotional reaction to being close to Finn, which then Sebastian felt. And then he was like hurt and upset. And so then she got those emotions. But they go to the river for uh, Brie and Sebastian to bond their life forces and to try and save the kingdom. And when they're there, Finn wouldn't come because he was like, I can't, I can't witness this. This hurts <laughs> my heart. And so they're kidnapped by the Unseelie Queen and her people and then brought to, I forget if it was the Unseelie Queen's court or wherever yeah. she was. And basically they're like, we have a new serum. So not only does it stop your powers, it's, what, is it, what was that new thing that it did? It like kind of like physically subdued them. So they were kind of like sleepy and dopey and couldn't move around. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In my mind, it was like a sarcophagus. Like they were like yes. in these like, you know, these things where they're being fed this ivy of this poison that blocks their magic but keeps them alive. Yes. And then keeps them from moving or talking or doing much. So that I, I imagine them in like little coffin boxes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how maybe that was how it was described. I mean, <laughs> our brains both made up the same thing. Who knows? But yeah. So they were basically captured. And the queen was like, as soon as you you found Brie and you didn't bring her to me and you lied about the thing, I knew I couldn't give you the throne because to have the throne, the ruler has to die and pass it on to the next person. And so the queen was like, this is not going to happen. And so both Bastion and Brie were subdued because she didn't want the, the crown or the power being passed to someone else. So if they're alive forever, but in a box, the, the crown and the power couldn't reunite. The unsealy court would die off because queen was from, I think, the sealy court. Yeah. And, uh, you know, her problem would be solved. And so then Brie uses her shadow self. The, wait, they bring uh, Brie's sister. She yes. brings her sister. I didn't understand that part. Did, well, can you explain that? <laughs> yeah. So um, she needed blood, the blood of Mav, I think, to complete her little ritual that she was doing. And since Brie was no longer or she was subdued or whatever the case was, she was just going to use her sister's blood in place because they both have the same blood yeah and so they kidnapped her sister and brought her there and they were basically going to use her as kind of like a sacrifice because mm -hmm. they couldn't kill brie because she has the magic yeah so her sister was next best and then brie uses her shadow self i think she killed mab with her shadow self and yeah frees them and then they get out of there you find out that Sebastian's best friend basically set him up and was like telling on him and was like working for the queen and like double crossed him. Yeah. 
which was how they ended up getting kidnapped because, yeah, he fed the information. Oh, and they had thought earlier in the book that someone, there was a spy or someone early. And so that was the answer to that, that it was Sebastian's friend, whose name I don't remember. I don't remember his name either. Yeah, they thought it was that woman. Princess's daughter? Yes, the princess's daughter. I don't remember. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Juliana. Juliana, yes. So I took notes. Yay! Yeah, so they thought it was her. It wasn't her, but it showed her like making decisions where she tried to kill Bree to to do what she thought was helping Finn. Um, but anyway, jumping back to the thing, Bree and Sebastian escape, and at that point, Bree and Sebastian are like, "How can we save the kingdom? Let's talk about your necklace, Bree. You've been wearing your necklace this whole time." And she's like, "Oh yes, it's the, one of those ruby things that the children stole from those." It's a fire gem. Caves. Yeah, the fire gem. And he's like, no, it's not. It's this thing that we haven't talked about ever in these whole two book things. And it <laughs> actually could make you human. Okay, so that's my complaint at this like resolution. I love this the, the resolution of the story. But I wanted them to talk about that gem that can turn you into a human. Because I don't, my memory's not the greatest. But I don't think that they talked about it earlier in the book. So by the time he, he was like, this is not a fire gem that enhances your magical abilities. It's actually a thing that can turn you into a human and is way more rare. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah, I thought it was a necklace that protected her, and apparently she did too. <laughs> okay, there you go. I guess the necklace had some magical power thing that you could turn it into another substance, and then he ate it, and then it made him a human, and because he turned into a human and died as a fae, the crown reverted back to Bree. I thought that was a really admirable thing for him to do, and they were still going to, I guess, pretend that the two of them were going to rule together, even though he was human, and try and keep that a secret and find a way to make him fae again. And I liked that solution, because I was like, oh, Sebastian's doing something really nice. Well, he was going to rule the Seelie court, and she was going to rule the Unseelie court. Oh, there you go. Okay. So then there was balance and power. And they were going to get a healer. I don't know. They were going to get someone to mask him where he still looked like he was um, Faye. So then the kingdom didn't know yeah. until they could figure out how to turn him back Faye. Which was, was not resolved by the end of the book. But I did like that moment where that because then it allowed Brie to be with Finn, which is what a lot of us were cheering for. Yay. But um, did you have mixed feelings? So I like that they ended up together. I was kind of fine either way. And I thought their their relationship was really sweet and wholesome. But when she was like, I'm going to bond with Finn. I'm like, bitch, we just spent this whole time having issues with the fact that the crown and the power were separated. If you bond, is the crown going to freaking go over to Finn? And then we're going to have this issue anyways. And you guys like, what if you break up? You're going to mm -hmm. bond and like you could potentially break up. And then we have this issue once more. I didn't, I just was like, She's 18. Yeah. <laughs> Your brain's not fully developed yet. Bad and decision. How, and how old is Finn? He's like couple ancient or something. Yeah. So he's like, okay. But he told her, it's your decision. You know, but they did say like when you're tethered, you can draw power from one another. So Finn could draw power from her if he needed to. I thought that he could not. And that's once why she wanted to make once the they're bond. bonded. Yeah. Once they're bonded. Um, the tether goes both ways. So it's a very dangerous situation if yeah. anyone's trying to take them take them down. And I feel like it's admirable that you don't want to have things be one-sided. But I was like, 
you guys went on this really long quest. These children were asleep permanently. The kingdom nearly died. And now you're about to create this problem all over again. So I didn't like that. I wanted them to be together, but I was like, stop it with this bond. You are still a child in my brain. And guys, this is my bias. So feel free to disagree with me. But I'm like, you are still a child until your brain is fully developed. And that don't happen until you're in your mid twenties. Um, so I didn't like that she was making that decision. <laughs> But maybe now since she was Faye, maybe her brain was just fully developed instantly. <laughs> Insert magic here. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the ending? I thought that the moment where they were going to do the bond ritual or whatever it was with her and Sebastian and he took that, he ate that rock or potion or whatever the hell it was. It was a very intimate and that moment for me, like I almost cried. I like I was washing dishes, you know, because I'm always doing something. I was washing dishes and I just stopped scrubbing and I was like, okay, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. And I thought <laughs> I thought I was gonna cry, but it didn't happen. It was close though. Cause that moment for me was just it it was chef's kiss. I thought the pacing was perfect. I thought the way that it was written was perfect. You know, it solved all their problems and I was very happy with that. I like that her sister came back to be with her. You know, I felt that that was a good thing. I wanted to know more about her sister and what would happen to her when she turned 18. I don't know if Lexi's going to write her book or what. You bet your bottom fucking dollar that she is writing another book. I don't know if you guys saw, but in between our reviewing book one, we, and obviously book two now, we interviewed Lexi for a podcast, had the best time. Lexi is one of the sweetest people, and I'm so, so thankful for the opportunity to speak with her, but she shared in that interview that, yes, indeed, she is writing, I believe it's two more books in this world, and it is from her sister's, Brie sister's perspective, so I'm going to insert a clip so you guys can learn more about that, and then we'll get back with the rest of the episode. Lexi, could you tease our listeners here about what yeah, is coming next? <laughs> tease me specifically. So I get, <laughs> yes, I get to go back to fairy, which I'm really excited about. The new duology is set in fairy. It's three years later, and I have dual protagonists. One is Jazalyn, who's Abriella's little sister, and Jazalyn has acquired a magical ring that gives her the kiss of death. She wants to go on a vengeance spree around Court of the Moon and find everyone who tortured her while she was in Mortius's dungeons and end them. Well, her sister, there's bad stuff happening in the court. And her sister, of course, just wants to protect her. That's all Abriella wants to protect Jasmine. So she wants to send Jasmine to the Wild Fae territory. So my other protagonist is Felicity, who is a shifter who can take Jasmine's form precisely. So she is in the Wild Fae territory, pretending to be Jasmine and learning more and more of Jasmine's secrets as time goes on. And Jasmine is with this uh, misfit band of Alorans who are on a quest of their own in the uh, Unsealy Court, and she is really her ultimate goal. There's rumors that Mortius has been resurrected, and she wants to find him and end him for good. It comes out uh, summer of 24 is the first book, and it's called Beneath These First Stars. Yeah. It's a happy for now because I feel like so many issues could happen because they decided to bond and they're tethered. I didn't get a happily ever after from the ending. I got a happy for now, which I'm okay with. The sister is still human. She is living in Faye now. Like when she honestly probably had PTSD from being yeah. kidnapped in book one by the, the first king, whatever his name was. And she got so, kidnapped a lot. She got yeah. kidnapped a lot. She was like a tool. 
Like, yeah. We didn't really get to hear from her outside of like the beginning of book one and seeing how, oh, she's so sweet and wholesome and makes dresses. <laughs> and then we didn't really hear from her for the rest of the book. Books are. And so, yes, but the, I, I would say, you know, with the, the epilogue, you know, them doing the bonding ceremony, Brie being there, making a dress. I'm looking at my notes. Yeah. And it, like Sebastian giving up his immortal life to give the crown back to Brie. I feel like the author tried to like have everything wrapped up and stuff in a pretty bow. But yeah, you're right. I am curious, though, if they're going to do more with the sister's character. But it sold well and it became New York Times. So oh, did it. That's great. Who, who knows? Maybe. Maybe we'll see more. Maybe we won't. This is editing Meg coming at you one more time. I feel like I should probably mention that we recorded this episode prior to having the interview with Lexi. As you can probably see, you know, from the video itself, uh, it was uh, it was back in the summertime. I'm in like a, you know, a little tank. So, and now it is basically wintertime. Anyways, it's December as I'm editing this. But yeah, so just FYI, and we're talking about what if and all that. And we get the answer in the interview with Lexi because it was announced and the cover was revealed. But uh, in case you're like WTF, like you knew this already. Yeah, we recorded this a few months ago and then we changed our release schedule um just due to lots of stuff so anyways back to the show all right i guess any final spoilery thoughts before we move into our rating of the book there was a point where preetha's daughter lark was going into the deep sleep and came mm. to tell brie about what she needed to do in the underworld and I really liked that character. I don't, I love that little girl so much because she's a, a seer or a seeker or whatever, whatever you fantasy people call it. I really liked that. I like that she could kind of like predict what was going to happen and gave Brie like a little push when she conveniently needed it. But anyway, I enjoyed Lark a lot. I agree with you that I enjoyed. Preetha and Lark's characters, I thought they were, you know, really interesting and really complex. So that is a good point. Yeah. And Preetha was in love with Misha's wife. And so we got to see more of that. Uh, Isabella, we learned that she was killed. Why was she killed? Finn bonded with her right as the power was shut off by the Unseelie Queen. And I guess that took her life force or something. So it was like right as the curse kind of was on the Unseelie court, right as they were bonding and she died right away. Yeah. And so I, I, I liked that. What else? Oh, when they were having sex in the cave. <laughs> I love the description with the stars above and how it was like, darkness and like the constellations and all of that I was like chef's kiss that was <laughs> a great scene that was a great scene yeah I, I did appreciate how they found a little loophole for how the two of them Finn and Brie could be you know sexually intimate without Sebastian kind of tuning in because I guess all the magic and shit was shut down right near this portal. Yeah. And so so I did appreciate that they could have that moment together. The reader could see it and then be like, oh, I want this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they're in this place where it's like, oh, the magic doesn't work here. But then like they create like this nighttime night sky as they're like making love together. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they they made magic literally oh and i we didn't talk about the hate fuck scene um but not actually but after they escaped from seeing mab in the underworld they barely make it back and like they thought they were gonna die and both of them were unwilling to try and escape without the other 
and then they get back and they hate fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sebastian comes to like rescue them because he can sense her and then they ha like are portaled to safety and stuff. But yeah, I, I kind of liked that scene. I, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. They just had to get all their frustrations out on each other. And then, of course, Sebastian's like, I can smell him on you. And I'm yeah. like, you and your face senses. <laughs> Yeah, and by by hate fuck like Finn was really mad, you know, that he couldn't be with Bree because Bree was still bonded to Sebastian, and there wasn't a way to save the court, and also for Finn and, and Bree to be together at that time because they thought that they had to bond their life forces in the river or whatever it was called. I think that's all I have to say about that. All right, how would you like review this book? Like, where where would it be for you? I would give it a four-star rating. I would say four stars. I gave book one a five-star. It's the first five-star review <laughs> rating I've given on the podcast. But I would say that this one was four. I really enjoyed the book. I liked it. I felt satisfied at the end of it. Like I said, almost pulled a tear out of me. And that doesn't happen very often when I'm reading or listening to books. But yeah, I think it was a happily for now. I didn't get the whole happily ever after feeling where it was completely finalized but I know that sometimes authors do that and publishers do that to kind of keep that little spark of hope inside of yeah. all of us I enjoyed the world the world was probably one of my favorite things of the of the whole series but yeah I'm gonna stick firm with a four star I like it I always mildly forget my rating system, but for our listeners who might be tuning in for the first time for this particular episode, I don't do the star rating system, me no likey. Um, so I do not for me. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. I'm obsessed with it, something like that. And I would say I'm kind of somewhere between I enjoyed it and I would recommend it. Um, I was obsessed with um, the first book and I had a good time with this one. And I'd probably recommend it to the readers of book one. Um, but it just didn't have that like, wow, that book one did for me where I was just sucked in and I hardly took any notes because I was just listening as fast as I could because I was having such a good time. And this one I enjoyed, but it just wasn't quite the same for me. So. That's where I place it. We totally recommend. I totally. Well, I do. I'm not going to speak for you, Meg, but I <laughs> recommend that if you like fantasy and fae and an adventure story to just binge both of them back to back. Yes. You know, so you get the full story. And I would recommend it if anyone asked me, hey, do you have a fantasy series that you could recommend? I would I would say this one. Absolutely. I would um, tell people to read these hollow vows. It would be one of my tops. Like I'm always going to recommend Akatar. Like anyone who listens, I'll recommend Akatar <laughs> and probably the Desperate Measures. I forget the, the Katie Roberts series. It starts off the first book as Desperate Measures. And this one would probably be in my, my top maybe 10 book series for romance and specifically fantasy romance that I would recommend. Yay. All right. Well, I guess that is it for this particular um, series. So you guys tune in for when we read whatever is next. Might be contemporary, might be a ro romantasy. Apparently that is a, a, a thing now. <laughs> Hashtag romantasy. So do, definitely tune in and um, we'll see what we read next time. <laughs> yeah, y'all have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us today, romance lovers. Don't forget that you are the main character of your story. So go out there and spread some pages, live your happily ever after, and keep it spicy. See you all next time.